0: Welcome to Feminine Hijinx, where we're here to reinvent the other side of 40 with some sass
1: and a little bit of crass
0: and a whole lot of kicking
1: ass. I love how we both said whole lotta, but you were like taken over by a demon or something. You're just
0: like, low. <laughs> it's appropriate for our <laughs> subject today. It we're is. Like up to the <laughs>
1: <laughs> Angie thinks everything's haunted. I think Angie's haunted tonight. I'm
0: haunted. I think, yes. It freaks me out, but I always find it fascinating when I hear about people who are like sexually assaulted by poltergeists.
1: Oh my god! Isn't that
0: scary as shit? That's a thing. It is. I thought yes. that was just
1: on Rosemary's Baby or something.
0: No, it happens.
1: Okay, we, that may be another podcast. Ugh. ugh,
0: yes, yes, it happens, and I, I can't, I cannot even imagine. And they've like interviewed people who have like you know what? bruises and scars. Oh, yes.
1: Oh, I don't know. I'm skeptical. Yeah, this would be interesting.
0: Yeah, I think it would be interesting. Well, I mean, do you believe in poltergeist at all? Like objects flying around rooms and stuff?
1: I don't know. I'm on the fence about that.
0: Well, I I think we should talk about it.
1: I do, too. That would actually be really fun.
0: Yeah. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And I think it would be fun, too, for me to interview Chris about it, because he and I have very different viewpoints.
1: Oh, well, and it's true. You know, I'm not going to say anything else. Don't say anything. I'm not going to say anything else, because, yeah, I'm going to wait for the podcast.
0: We're going to wait. We don't want to give away the milk. (laughs) Is that what it is? Don't give away the milk when you can buy the cow?
1: For free? And that no. doesn't
0: even make any it sense, make sense based on what we're Never saying mind. right now. But yeah, so I've, I've been on the sofa half the week, and so here I am, oh. and we're just going to say whatever we want to say. We're just going to say anything about cows or anything milk. about milk, teats.
1: So teat. my name's Angie Bailey. And I'm Susie Schubert, and we're here to talk about teats today. We've got a real teat for you. Teats and treats, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Tr- trick or
0: teat. Okay, so on our agenda today. <laughs>
1: trick or teat.
0: <laughs> we gotta have a tricky teat. That's my old trick teat. Like your old trick knee. <laughs> 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 Oh my! Wow. Oh. Anyway, going going on. We're uh, on our agenda today. We're gonna talk about something that is a little um, different from the Valentine's Day topics of <laughs> the weeks of <laughs> yeah, your a weeks gone by. Today, we're gonna talk about the documentary "Crime Scene: The Vanishing" at the. Cecil Hotel, dun, or dun, dun. as the British and New Zealand people call it, the Cecil Hotel.
1: I know, I know. They I had a couple that. on there, and that's they what they did. called it. Yeah, Cecil.
0: Cecil. I love that. <laughs> so, yeah, so I always have loved true crime, and Susie loves true crime, and, you know, just in general, anything to do with serial killers and <laughs> weirdness, and I love haunting stuff. Like, this is just, like, a really good... Um, You know, again, with a Venn diagram, this is like, this is like, is in our Venn diagram.
1: I would love to know, though, I'd love to talk to a psychologist about why you and I are so interested in this kind of stuff. Is it because our lives are thankfully so opposite that we just are so fascinated? I don't know. And I'm fascinated, but I don't want to
0: see too much. It's going to keep me awake at night. Like you will. Your threshold is like way further than mine but i like enough that it, that it makes me curious and wonder and also think wow this is it's back to the culty stuff like it's any anything that's fringe or weird yeah. or like not the normal day to day is like uh, like you know a, a fly to the honey a bee to the honey
1: a moth to the
0: flame. A moth to and the just flame. It's all about the
1: metaphors today. I'm just the
0: metaphors today. The cows today. to the milk. The cows to the milk. Yeah. Or the teat. My my brain's not engaging 100, percent which is kind of <laughs> funny because uh, <laughs> Who because knows it's what true. Will
1: come out. Who
0: knows what'll come out? And if this is your first time listening, I promise it's not like this every week. But if you like it, we can make it this way every
1: week. <laughs> we'll talk about our <laughs> tricky teat every week.
0: <laughs> tricky teat. That's my that's my raffer name. Tricky teat. <laughs> And I'm Lil Nap. <laughs> Lil Nap and Tricky tea coming at you today <laughs> with the little Cecil Hotel. We got a little vanishing for you.
1: <laughs> the vanishing teat.
0: The van- Hop in the back of our van, a Shing. <laughs> we'll go to the Cecil Hotel and look up some ghosts. It'll be a teat. It'll be a teat, a teat for the eyes. A te- <laughs> <laughs> A teat for the senses. Oh, lordy. Somebody needs a hose of (laughs) stone. With some gin.
1: (laughs) Right? Is it happy hour yet? We don't even need alcohol. That's the thing. We can just do this on the fly with no alcohol.
0: No alcohol. So take us into the Cecil, the Cecil
1: Hotel, Suze. Follow me. We're going past the ladies room. We're not going there yet. And no. you're you're getting on the tour bus. Mm-hmm. Are you going to sit on the top? Would you sit on the top of this tour bus? You know how you can sit like on top? I will if it things? feels like
0: I'm not going to fall off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then wave at people as you go by. All right. So we've arrived at the Cecil Hotel. And we're going to talk about this Series. So basically, I didn't even realize till I was looking up the deets today that this is going to be a series. And this was season one. Did you nice. know that? I Well, it said season one, so it made me think, is there
0: going to be a season two? But I didn't look it up.
1: Oh, I didn't either. I just assumed since it said season one that there's probably going to be a season probably. two. There's yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. So this is on Netflix. And if you go to their little Netflix website about it, it says, The Notorious Cecil Hotel grows in infamy when guest elisa lamb vanishes from the creator of the ted bundy tapes a dive into crime's darkest places
0: oh my god okay so yeah <laughs> it was made by imagine entertainment which is ron howard and brian grazer of the opie andy taylor mayberry crowd Bridgie cunningham scene it's just, it's very, yeah. it's, it's just you don't really think of them. You think of them doing, you know, sort of like Disney-like movies.
1: Those are crazy bedfellows. They are crazy bed. I want to be you, hotel be a bedfellow. bedfellows. A head. Yes. <laughs> Oof. You know Wonder what that makes? Potato chips.
0: Oh Jesus! Yes. You know what that <laughs> makes, makes me think of is uh the in hotel um in the whatever uh, the American Horror Story hotel. When those creepy people would come out of the
1: beds. Oh, that was so cool. Yeah, that was not my favorite uh, season of American Horror Story, but there were some really cool. That is one thing I will say about that show is that I may not love every single season, but there's always really cool parts to every season that are very memorable and whatever. And one little interesting fact that you even brought that up is... That American Horror Story season hotel was based a lot on the Cecil Hotel. I Did you was, know
0: that? I was wondering if it was because I remember that it was based on some hotel. I remember, but I didn't know what it was. And I was like, that would be really just a, a scream if that, that was this hotel. Because, uh, that would make sense.
1: Yeah. And the last time I was in L.A., I was going to meet... A friend of mine, and it just never worked out, but he was going to take me for dinner where the actual hotel is that they filmed hotel in. (gasps) Oh, cool. Yeah, I know. Wouldn't that be cool? Love it. Love it. Love it. Yes. yes. But we digress. So this this show is just really interesting. So first of all, um, to just talk a little bit about the hotel, so... Apparently, this hotel has a reputation, and it's funny because I used to live in L.A. and Hollywood, but I really don't remember hearing anything about it back then, but apparently the first suicide at the Cecil was documented way back in 1927, mm. and I should have looked up when the hotel was in erected. Erect. It was in the time. it was in the 20s cuz it's an
0: art deco yeah. hotel. It was like in the early to mid 20s.
1: So I figured 1927 was pretty early on yeah. that that happened. And then someone I don't I saw in this article and I don't know exactly. I tried to find a date and I couldn't, but it, someone had tracked down that at least 12 suicides have happened at that hotel.
0: Wow.
1: Wow. And, S- I mean, since it opened? Yeah, I think so. And then Mm -hmm. in addition to the suicides, the Cecil's history includes other violence and disturbing happenings. Like it's become a notorious rendezvous spot for adulterous couples, drug activity and a common ground for sex workers. And here's what's so interesting. We're like, totally. We have this great theme this month of Valentine's Day and serial killers, because <laughs> Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, actually lived in the Cecil Hotel for a while.
0: Ugh! I didn't even know what he looked like until they showed him on the Cecil Hotel, and I was like, "He's creepy AF."
1: You know, it's actually funny that you say that because we were my, when my husband and I watched that documentary about him. I was glad he said it first because Corman was like, you know, he was actually kind of a good looking guy. And I was like, I didn't want to say so, but I think so, too. But here's the thing. There are pictures of him where he looks so creepy. And then there are other pictures of him where he looks really attractive. So I think it's one of those like... But but the real gross part about him is he had horrible teeth. If he opened his mouth, his teeth were like brown and like a bunch were missing, and
0: yeah. so you can only
1: imagine. And apparently, he had really terrible body odor. He probably had the worst halitosis. <laughs> oh, so, Gosh, I don't know. There's kind of a an interesting but, little fact yes. there. Yes, I
0: think what I saw was where he flashed that pentagram on his hand. Oh well, yeah, that's a courtroom. S-
1: that's a super creepy, although kind of have a soft spot for pentagrams. But that's oh, yeah. a whole other. <laughs> that's it's a whole it's other... how
0: they're used.
1: <laughs> it's exactly. like anything. It's
0: the intention.
1: We could do a whole other podcast about how Satanism is not what everybody thinks it is. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, but I just think it's so funny to think, you know, you talk about Opie, mm-hmm. you know, coming up with this this series. And now, yes. like, if you think of that Kevin Bacon six degrees away, like, Opie's only, like, a degree away from Richard Ramirez. From the Night, the night Stalker.
0: Stalker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Fantastic. So,
1: yeah. So the main, the main uh, instance, though, or happening that this show is around, so that kind of gives you the background of the Cecil Hotel itself. But I'm wondering if you and and our listeners out there remember that story in the news when this woman named Elisa Lamb, she was a 20 year 21 year old Canadian tourist who disappeared in 2013 while she was staying at the Cecil Hotel, um, mm-hmm. and it's in downtown Los Angeles. So, like I said, I lived there for a while, but I wasn't anywhere near the hotel. Back mm-hmm. when I lived in in Hollywood, you just didn't go downtown for anything. It, it was mostly businesses, and it was actually really a really bad part of town. And what's interesting is the Cecil Hotel is right in Skid Row, which right. is miles and miles and miles of homeless people, which is so yeah. sad.
0: and that was one thing that, I like, I, I mean, I know about Skid Row. I've heard about Skid Row. I've seen pictures. I didn't realize how extensive it was. I, I thought it was just like, one strip of row I didn't realize like how many people and how the cops keep those people in there
1: oh and you know that that to me was also an eye awakening thing like when I saw that I was like I always thought skid row was more of an adjective to describe an area that was bad or a lot of crime happened or a lot of homeless people but they actually have a sign like a city sign that says skid row
0: And did you see what it said underneath it? Population, too many.
1: No, I didn't even notice that. Sad. Oh, the whole thing is so sad.
0: It's terrible sad. Terrible sad. I mean, it's all, I mean, it's a community. You can't. You can't, you know, walk a foot without getting offered hard drugs, prostitution. I mean, there's every there are all kinds of mental illness. They were saying that people get dropped off like from prison and from mental health institutes there. Oh, yeah. and they have no chance. I mean, this is just a place and and the cops don't want them anywhere outside of no, they barricade Skid Row. them in there. they barricade yeah. them in there. It's like, a terrible, like far worse than I had ever even imagined, situation.
1: Have you ever seen the movie District Nine? I no. love that movie. It's a sci-fi movie, and it's kind of a gross-out movie in a way, like it. But it, it's so good because in the beginning, it, uh, it takes place in South Africa, and in the beginning, it starts like a documentary. So they're interviewing different people, and it seems so real, like you think this is a real documentary when you're watching it. And it's, a, I think, I don't know if I just mentioned, but it's a sci-fi thing, and basically it's like aliens come from outer space, but they basically put them all in a camp like that, and they call Ooh. it District 9. And huh. it reminded me so much of Skid Row, just mm-hmm. making them live in these horrible conditions yeah. and just forgetting about them there whoops I just hit my microphone yeah so it was it
0: terrible sound. so this woman this young woman Elisa you know is on a road trip all by herself and she wanted you know she's she has this tumblr blog that she you know it's just a prolific amount of entries I mean she's like on there all the time she's she's uh bipolar has a bipolar diagnosis um she's finding the internet as a way to really be in the world and she really longs for more than what she has in her town and so her parents agreed that she can go on a road trip even though she's 21 but they have to check in every day and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff so she starts she goes drives on to san diego and then starts going north um and the whole time i mean she's she's I haven't looked it up, but her blog still exists apparently and people still comment on it. And, you know, it's all very, you know, I'm so excited, but then everywhere, every, every once in a while, there's some sort of little dark comment, like where you start to wonder what's going on with her, you know, where she even had said something about like, she, what, she was feeling suicidal, but she just was hoping it would pass. And so there was all that. So when I first heard about this story i saw it on unsolved mysteries it was one of in the new Mm. series that came out 2019 i think it was one of the segments so it was a 20 30 minute segment or whatever and it was very like major bullet points it didn't Mm. talk it didn't go into any mental illness it didn't go into any of the the you know the internet involvement or anything like that and it really left it as an unsolved mystery where what I liked about this is it really I mean ultimately it is sort of an unsolved mystery but what I love about it is it is it also takes so it takes the mystery and it takes like not so much the sensationalism but it but it adds in a lot of like realistic stuff and like these are mm-hmm. real these are how real people were affected by this and these are how people's lives um, changed. Because some of these other people that were trying to, you know, dive into it didn't know what the hell they were doing. I mean, it was sort of like it was the dark side of this: how people try to be, you know, these, uh, you know, armchair detectives, and they end—they don't have all the information, and they end up messing shit up.
1: That whole thing, just I, ah, I mean, I understand that level of like you know, being super interested in something and the level of really wanting to help out. But there there comes a point where all I could think of is you guys don't really care about this girl. All you care about is yourself and getting mm-hmm. this limelight. It's a it's an attention seeking thing. Yes. And if you really, really, really do care about this one girl so much, why? You know, mm-hmm. I I mean you know, it's great to care about humanity in in overall. And, of course, it's it's a super sad story, and I feel terrible. But at the same time, there are so many people that are going through horrible things like this every day. Yeah. The only reason these people wanted, you know, because they wanted to get in on this whole sensationalism thing. Exactly. And like you said, because they were so obsessed. Like, I couldn't believe the level that these people would, like, give up their whole lives. Yeah. To right. try to, and then they would just change their mind when a new piece of information came in. Oh well, I guess I wasn't right about that. And, right, right. And, and there's it, a whole—I was to say—there's that whole segment of this one guy was wrongfully accused, mm-hmm. and it completely ruined his life. And that made me so sad for him. I I had a special place in my heart for him too because he was a death metal guy. <laughs> Mor- morbid, morbid, <laughs> like. He was my basically like my boyfriends from LA, <laughs> you know? And it's like just because you sing this stuff, it's your alter ego. It doesn't mean that you're performing these horrible things. It's like Mm-mm. performance art, you know? That's what a lot of those yes, there are some people that are twisted and weird and really do believe in that, but you know, it's like saying all heavy metal is from the devil
0: and I it know. makes you do
1: terrible things. Totally it's so stupid.
0: And they're trying to link together things that don't even make sense. They're like, oh, well, he was at the Cecil Hotel. Yeah, a year before. Like, I know. he wasn't even there at the same time. And so they were just looking. And the big thing is, yeah, she vanished. And I don't know how much information we want to give about where they found her and what they thought might have happened. But the one huge piece of evidence was the video of her getting in the elevator. And this is what you might have seen. And I remember when this came out, because it was all over the place. And I remember being freaked out by it. She, you know, gets into the elevator. um, This is security footage. And she starts pressing all these numbers like, in no particular like she's just like going down the line of the numbers and then she kind of gets in the corner like she's hiding and then she gets out of the elevator and the elevator doesn't close and so she's looking yeah, around weird. and it looks like she's talking to someone and yeah. her, and so it's just it is creepy and they also later explained they sped it up you know, which made it look creepier. Right. I mean, so there's, I mean, there's so many things that people just don't know. And all these armchair sleuths are like, Oh, but did you notice this? Does that look like the edge of someone's foot? Or oh my could God. this have happened? Or when could they that said have that, happened? I'm like, that is so her foot. It's such bullshit. Oh my God. <laughs> such bullshit. But <laughs> what one thing that I was really glad that they brought up really from the beginning was her bipolar um, diagnosis and that she was on a medication for that and um, someone that's very close to me is on the same medication and that she had stopped taking it and they had thought that maybe um, that was causing the erratic behavior was her you know she because they found her um, her pill bottle and there were more pills in there than should have been so that's what they got out of it. And that it can make you feel um, paranoid and see things that you, you that really aren't there and all of this other... And, and also just act erratically. And this person that, that I know has accidentally, not accidentally, but just didn't, you know, skip their pill sometimes and the, the withdrawal symptoms do that to you. They like mm-hmm. make you see things that aren't there. They make you freak out. They, you know, it, it's just and and they never talked about that in the unsolved mysteries or even the um the the web sleuth people didn't know and they shouldn't have known isn't really it's part of an investigation you know and yeah. so all of that you know yeah the hotel's fucking creepy right. and There's also people with real mental illness who have issues because of their medication, and you can turn that into whatever story that you want to turn it into.
1: And that's kind of what. So overall, for me with this, I really enjoyed it. I'd say the downside about this is I feel like they dragged it out. Like it was Uh way too long. It did not. That's what Chris and I said too. Yeah, it didn't need to be four episodes long. And so much of this, they really waited until the last episodes to to expose some of the things like in the beginning, like you have no idea that she actually had roommates Mm -hmm, and then she was like leaving weird notes and acting really weird around her roommates. And that was cause for alarm. Like not so much, you know, scared that she would do something horrible, but just, it was weird, you know, weird Mm -hmm. behavior. Yeah. And so, you know, they don't reveal all that throughout the whole thing. And so much of this always ends up being, The paranormal, like people want to glom onto the paranormal Mm -hmm. because that's what's interesting and creepy and weird and makes people want to know more. But the sad fact is, is when this has to do with mental illness, nobody cares. And I think that's what I appreciated the most about this, this uh, whole documentary was this was really a statement about mental health. And, and the parallels between the people who live around that hotel and their mental health, you know, because obviously most homeless people are there because they've had health, mental health issues and they couldn't afford their medication or, you know, they didn't have health care that put them on the right medication. So they can't take care of themselves. They physically cannot take care of themselves and they have no one else in their family or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're homeless. You know, that's yeah. a lot of people out there. So I loved how they, they talked to someone who studied that's, you know, Skid Row and, and the way that they put those two together, Elisa Lam's condition with her bipolar and the condition around the hotel Yes. And it just made us, you know, it's just another example of how mental health in this country is just not given, you know, even an iota of attention no. <laughs> and funding that it needs to have.
0: Right. And exactly. And that's the one thing that I think was really clear when um, the hotel manager who was there for 10 freaking years. OK, that woman's got
1: to be psychotic
0: to want <laughs> to work at the little, Cecil Hotel like, for 10 years. Exactly. So and she was saying, yeah, Elisa came down and she was like jumping in the air and saying, you know, L.A. is weird and so am I. And she's <laughs> like, and the manager's like, well, this is the neighborhood. Everybody's a little off, you know. Right. And, and so she was like. The same, the same as so many other people with mental illness that nobody even, you know, blinked at it. And well, she said, too, I could have called the cops, but they wouldn't have
1: come. Exactly. I was just going to say, you know, the parents were trying to say, well, there was wrongful actions that they didn't do anything about her behavior. Well, <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. the sad fact As if they would have called the cops, they would have been like, so a well, girl's acting weird. Mm-hmm. We're not coming out there for that. Especially no. not there.
0: Right. Yes, totally. So yeah, so I I really, I loved that. And I'm with you. I thought it should be shorter. And I I liked the mental illness aspect. I liked how at the end, uh, the web sleuths finally came forward and they were like, yeah, we were wrong. We shouldn't, this shouldn't. I mean, they, they showed remorse for that.
1: that one guy freaked me out a little bit. How he like had sent a friend to her grave site and everything. I yes, yes, yes. Sorry, yes. I interrupted you. Yes.
0: No, I forgot about that. He's like, I'll only have closure if I can see your hand on her grave site Ugh. and know that it's really her, which is freaking weird. But, oh um, but that whole the, how there was remorse, and and I think that that also is a statement to other people out there. Who want to do this? who are just like, come on, you know, you're not going to have all the facts to make an accurate investigation. You can and and you could actually hurt people in the in the meantime, like poor morbid, you know, <laughs> poor, poor morbid. He ended up trying to take his life, you know, He's oh my just, God. I, I felt so bad for him at the end, and so, but you know, he he's fine now. Morbid is still alive and well. I know. Well.
1: I wanted to find him and like send him a little love letter and say, oh. "I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for you. I'll buy your album or whatever." You know, <laughs> poor Dear <little> morbid. morbid. <laughs> Dear morbid. Dear <laughs> morbid.
0: <laughs> oh gosh! Now, did you talk to? Yeah, uh, you talked to Vivian about this?
1: Yes, because of course, Vivian, being who she is. Um, our panel expert on serial killers, yes. you might see an episode, a few episodes ago, we had her come on and talk about uh, the Zodiac Killer. Mm-hmm. And um, so she's the one that, of course, told me about this. And before it was even dropped on Netflix, we we marked it on our calendars and we were nice. so excited to watch it. And so, of course, I had to reach out to her and say, OK, what do you think? You know, do you do you agree with, you know, what they came up with saying that the whole Reason, and again, we're not really saying exactly what happened in the end. In case you guys want to watch and make your own conclusions, but basically, it's not a happy ending. Elisa Lamb is eventually found, and she is dead. And you know, they say they have this explanation that it, basically she committed suicide um, because of she was just having an episode because of her bipolar. So. Um, Vivian texted this to me when I asked her what she thought. And she said, "I'm convinced that her bipolar disorder had something to do with her strange behavior and the fact that her medication levels were abnormally low in the toxicology report, because they did report that that she wasn't taking her medication regularly. And then she said, and that either someone meant to kill her cal- sorry, meant to kill her or that it was some weird accident that was then covered up by whoever she was with.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree 100%.
1: So you don't think, you know, there are instances, again, I want to talk about it so badly, but there were instances, facts that had to do with how they found her and Mm -hmm. things that happened with that, that I can't help but be like, I'm still stuck on some things because it's like, how would she do that herself?
0: Well, I think what happened is, Whoever found her, the worker or whatever, probably was like, oh, somebody made a mistake. Let me fix it. And then fixed the mistake. And then that's how she was found.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I never thought about that.
0: Yeah, because that guy said that he goes up to that area a lot. and, um, And so it could be that he didn't even like look down. He's just like, oh, somebody forgot to do this
1: yes you're right
0: just did it but i don't know Mm -hmm. but none of us know for
1: sure i know that's the creepiest part of all this kind of stuff is like that's why i hate what is that one weird show there's another show that's on all the time it's not dateline forensic files oh is it dateline i don't know where that guy but it's like every single show is unsolved like Uh. every single show and it's that just drives me crazy
0: it is it's unsatisfying, isn't oh, it?
1: Oh. I know. Yes, yeah. like, so imagine explanation? Being her family, how horrible. I know. How horrible that must be. I know. To not have any closure for sure,
0: right? You know? Definitely. And her and her sister you know, verified wondering. that that kind of behavior is not unlike things that she's seen.
1: Right. So, so, yeah. It makes the most sense that she did some, you know, somehow take her own life without right. I don't think she meant to, but you yeah, know. But, but you never I, know. She did have a lot of problems, too. She
0: did. You'll have to watch it and also look for there's too many stupid ass things that these sleuths think are related, you know, regarding tuberculosis and bookstores, all this other stuff that's just so dumb. But oh. also a weird coincidence. Oh, my about, God. That whole bookstore thing. That one. And also the name of the TB test.
1: Yes. What that the hell? was weird.
0: Exactly. So I, well, yeah, I absolutely agree that that's freaking weird and beyond a coincidence. <laughs>
1: that's but, just one of those weird synchronicities that uh, yes. just happen and are unexplainable in life sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But, so watch
0: it. It's on Netflix. It's been in the top 10 all week.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't take long to watch. We uh-uh. watched the first couple one night and this the next two the next night. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you like this kind of thing, I think you'll really enjoy it. I think it was filmed well and done really mm-hmm. well. And
0: yes, agree. Agree. Yeah. And yay! yay. So let's go into the ladies' room and
1: keep creepy. Keep creepy. Do we have to go to the ladies' room in the Cecil Hotel? Ooh,
0: we might. I'm
1: sure that something creepy happened in
0: the ladies' room.
1: Okay, so w- here's a question for you, Ange. Before we go into the ladies' room, would you spend the night in the Cecil Hotel?
0: Oh, hell no! <laughs> Not for one second. You know they started out having 700 rooms. Again, and I forgot to mention that um, when they opened, they had 700 rooms. They had that many rooms until they split off into the, you know, the the housing versus the hotel. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, again, another reason why that place was a magnet for killers and for all kinds of bad activity, because you could get lost in that hotel. Nobody can find you. It's freaking huge.
1: And it remained a place for low income people to live so they could afford to live there. So you had people that lived there all the time that were Mm -hmm. doing drugs and seeing prostitutes and whatever. And it was so interesting. They actually talked to a guy that lived there for a while. And he's like, you never went above the seventh floor. Oh. Or whatever, because all the people up on the top floor, it was like, ooh, can you just imagine walking through there? How scary it would be?
0: No, I cannot. Oh. And yes. Would you stay there
1: overnight? No, no. And not because I think it's haunted, but just because I don't think I'd be. I think I'd be grossed out to go in the elevator. They said it's like a toilet. No, thanks.
0: yeah. <laughs> I'd be more
1: like worried about the germs.
0: (laughs) Oh, God, you're so funny. I'd be worried about ghosts and bad activities, and you're worried about the germs.
1: (laughs) Well, and all I can say is I don't care. I don't care how long it's been. I'm just going to say leave it at this. I would never be able to drink the water or take a shower or brush my teeth there. I don't care. Ever, 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 ever.
0: Never. The end. Never. And we'll just leave it at that.
1: It's a mystery. It's a mystery. See the podcast is a mystery within the mystery.
0: Oh yes. It's like one of those nesting dolls. You just keep (laughs) opening it up and there's more mystery.
1: (laughs) That's so funny that you say that because that leads right, let's go into the into the room into the ladies' room. Yes, yes. We're not gonna go in the Cecil ladies room. No, we're not. No, we're not. Let's go into our nice clean Clean, ladies' room where there's no pubic hairs on the toilet seat. Smells like bleach. It's
0: all good. All right. What do you got for us this week? Um,
1: Well, yeah, the nesting dolls thing is a toy that somebody carried in the show I was watching last night. And I thought it was strange. And that show was Dexter because I'm re-watching Dexter again.
0: All right. I think
1: all of this talk about serial killers and stuff just made me want to watch. I think this is the third time. You're we like, I got this.
0: lonely for Dexter.
1: I did. I just, <laughs> I, I felt connected to these serial killers. I needed more. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. I just, that show is so brilliant. And, you know, like a lot of these long running shows, the first three seasons are definitely the best. After that, it kind of, na 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 na. Nah. But I still, I think we talked to, I think I did kind of mention this last time, I still love the ending, although a lot of people hated the ending. And yeah, it just made me want to start watching it again. And um, I don't know, I, I just highly recommend it. If any of you guys, because it's an old show. I'm trying to remember, did it start in, was it 2013 or something?
0: It was on when I was still living in my Showtime. house with my kids. It was like the the mid-2000s maybe
1: okay mid to late 2006 or something
0: yes because i have to say that like i only watched a season of it but um the main character i always think of him as david from six feet under because that's my favorite show or one of my it's in my top five favorite shows of all time and he plays dex Dave. what's his name dave not david what's his name dexter yeah what's his what's the actor's name
1: oh uh God, I'm totally blanking on it right now.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: I know. And he's a Broadway actor, too. He's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hall. Hall, Michael Hall. Yes. Michael Michael C. Hall. Michael C. Hall. Not Not. to be confused with C. Is it C. Michael Hall, who is uh, in The Breakfast Club?
0: No, No, that's Michael Anthony Hall. (laughs) I was thinking of C C. Thomas Howell.
1: Is that Mr. Howell? <laughs> or is that Mr. Mr. Island? <laughs> is that Mr. Lovey?
0: But yeah, so yeah, so I think of Six Feet Under, because, and I so I always when I see him, I, I say, oh, there's David. Oh, David's playing Dexter, like oh, all yeah. that. And so I, I have this, oh, I just love him. And so, but Dexter, he's a completely different character. And I really, I want to go back and. and Watch it all the way through, but he's your, um, your
1: favorite lovable serial killer, and I Aww. love what they do with that show because it is—it's such a deep dive into the mind of this person that is trying so hard to fit into the world, even though he's obviously not like the rest of the world. But you can't help but love him because the writing is so good, and he really is a good person. It's just he, you know, because of his what happened to him when he was a kid and all that. It's just so interesting. And all the characters are very, like, kind of stereotypical, whatever. But there's so, there's so much humor in it because it really Aww. takes a light, you know, touch to a lot of stuff, too, because it kind of needs that. Yes. And my favorite – I think one of my favorite characters is, is Sergeant Dokes.
0: I don't remember. Do you remember Dokes? No. Oh, my
1: God. It's so funny because, like, in the beginning, he's the only – Dexter's like, of all the people in the police department, Dokes is the only one who says, I give him the creeps. (laughs) Dokes is the only one who like sees something in Dexter that nobody else sees. (sighs) And there's like a whole part in the show where he's following him because he's just waiting for him to do something because he just knows. And he's always like, I'm on to you, motherfucker. He's always like, (laughs) "Uh, surprise, motherfucker. He'll like, (laughs) sorry. Oh, that's awesome. hilarious. And I just, he's like this tough guy and he just makes these faces and I don't know, I just, he's so dramatic and over the top and I love him. Oh, very so, cool. And yes. then, you know, the hard part though, it's been wonderful and it's been hard is that it takes place in Miami and all of these shots of <laughs> the warm beach, I'm just like, this is killing me. I just want to be there at the ocean.
0: Oh God, I'll tell you what. It has been a really tough winter. It has been a really tough winter. I mean, it's not only is it cold and, you know, we're used to we're not like the poor people in Texas right now. We just aren't used to all that. Like, but we're we're used to it. But also we have cabin fever like we can't at least in the spring or summer. We can go outside and sit and grill out and be with our friends and we can't do shit right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, at least people with the COVID thing that are living in warmer climates can mm-hmm. still see people and hang yeah. outside. And for us even, I'm sorry, but when it's negative 30 below, mm-hmm. I don't care how hardy you are. You're not no. going to be, you know, having one of those margaritas out in the snowbank.
0: Chris did tell me in the next week or two, it's going to get up to 40s.
1: I know. I Woo! know.
0: That's I going to feel
1: like we're going to be out there in our bikinis, man.
0: Seriously. I was so <laughs> enchanted when he told me that i was so excited i cannot wait Yes. so
1: anyway watching dexter is about the excitement of my life right now that's so there it is thank god for netflix oh my god thank god but that is definitely that and lost are still my two favorite like ongoing tv Mm. yes show um
0: Yes, yes. I'll just put a little tiny tag on the back of yours before I go into mine. We just finished watching Sopranos, the final, final, final of all seven seasons. Wow. Um, The other night we stayed up and watched the last three and... uh, I just I I love Tony Soprano. He's a freaking asshole, but he's a big softy. And like he's he's very complicated. He's a very complicated character, you know? He freaking kills people, yet he, you know, gets really really mad when this dog gets killed or you know, he makes friends with this family of ducks. Like he's just this <laughs> and, and and he loves his family so much and yet he has no problem, you know, busting somebody's mouth wide open like it's just the it's like it's like Dexter it's like such a you can't help but love him but why this is really creepy yeah
1: I actually you know I absolutely love that that whole Mm -hmm. character study and you know shows like this show them at the extremes the extreme greatness and the extreme you know not so great but I think we like that because it just shows that everybody's flawed. Nobody is all good or all bad. We all have that dark and light, yeah. you know, shadow side to us. yeah and and it's really cool because even in Dexter, you know, he 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 finds outlets that he can talk about who he is without really saying exactly the situation. Oh, I love that. But he's able to talk about there's this dark passenger that rides along with him all the time, you know, that's always there. And it's just fascinating because, again, we all have that. Yes, we do.
0: Some passengers, a little darker than others. Uh, some are a little
1: darker than others, yeah. Know, not condoning being a serial serial killer. No. But.
0: <laughs> but But, like, as we admitted before we started recording – over this week, we've both not been proud of our resentful feelings that we've had for certain situations. <laughs> it's so Like, true. I'm not proud of that. But hey, there it is. There it is. You know,
1: <laughs> we're complicated. We're complicated okay. people.
0: But yeah, <laughs> so I just going to quickly touch on what I was going to do because I really enjoyed talking about the Dexter and the Sopranos and all that other stuff. Like we could probably, this could be a four hour podcast. I, but uh, it, uh,
1: couldn't they all? I know,
0: Jesus. So you're talking about Miami and like, uh, well, we booked a one night getaway, not to Miami, to actually further north (laughs) than where we live. So I I don't know, go figure that one, but... (laughs) It's at this little resort that's on Lake Superior, and we went there for our anniversary last year. And we're just going for one night. It's a three-hour drive. It's got, you know, a little jet tub and a fireplace, and there's a restaurant downstairs. And a, it's just a place to go that looks different. The walls look different than the walls that you stare at at home. <laughs> that is you know? so
1: good. <laughs> so, Do yeah, you have so, a water view? Yeah, a frozen do you, do water view. You, do you play the Edmund Fitzgerald while you're there? <laughs> oh, my God. I love that song so much. <laughs> that
0: is such... Oh, we talked about that song one I know, podcast. I know, Back on Pause Rewind. Yeah, that Yeah, was good. so it
1: still has a little eerie touch to it at your little getaway Gets Gitchy overnight. Goomy. Yes. Gitchy Goomy. It's, <laughs> so
0: anyway, yeah, so it's my birthday. I'll be 51 next month and it's also a reminder that I was supposed to have a big 50th birthday party last year and at the last minute we canceled it because COVID was sort of like should we or shouldn't we yes, and I we're remember. like let's just be safe and then everybody was glad because then like right after that it was just this big shithole so it, and it was like right on the line so it's it's sad to think we're we're right there again we're we're almost a year from where we were last year when all this stuff happened, we were on our way to Florida this time last year to go see my family. We left like the very end of February and came back the beginning of March. We came back on uh, primary day. And uh, and when we came back, it was like, oh, well, I guess this is it. It's a good thing we got that trip.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I guess the bright side of that is we haven't become serial killers in this year. That you know of. Susie, this is true. This is yes, true.
0: all of a sudden, all these dead bodies are are people are finding in our condo unit, and nobody's like, "Well, everybody here's over eighty five anyway."
1: And I'm going to feel responsible because it was my ass that that got you going. My remember that ass I left at your house <laughs> yes. when I started Last collecting Halloween. body parts. Yes. <laughs> That I made out of out of pantyhose and stuffed it with (laughs) pillow stuffing. And We kept it around for you
0: just because we kept forgetting to give it to you, and it kept falling out of the closet on (laughs) Chris's head. (laughs) Damn, Susie's ass won't stay on
1: the shelf. (laughs) And walking down the hallway in your apartment building, and went in the elevator, and someone came in with us.
0: and it looked like a ball sack
1: <laughs> it's like so I know my, my uh, but, costume didn't really have the effect I wanted it to Everyone but, it, just but when you it said a hey it's sack. a butt
0: we're like yeah it's a total butt it, it could be a butt and a ball sack it's got two personalities <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my gosh so what do we got next week
1: woo! next week, man, we just love we like ricochet from all sorts of crazy things because we're going back to the prairie next week. We, we are are you're going back to, well, not really to little house on the Prairie, but more about the fashion because, you know, Angie and I are getting more into our our side boob project. Mm-hmm. That is not about side boob. no. There not would be no side Ma's boob in these dresses. Boob. No,
0: <laughs> I just saw Ma's side boob while she was churning butter. Uh, never,
1: unless she what? just wore her apron and nothing else. Oh, I like that. That's a little Bow, hot. Bow, That's the other last episode. Coming up with a whole slew.
0: I see Pa's wearing Mom's blouse. She's not wearing it. That's where he gets the blouse.
1: Right. Oh, this is perfect. We better call Ron Howard. and see <laughs> Time.
0: <the other> guy. <laughs> oh, my God. The vanishing at the Olsen mercantile.
1: <laughs> oh, true crime. True oh crime. God, Wearing it, a gunny it, it, Seriously, sack if any of you are
0: still with us right now, bless your heart.
1: <laughs> Can you tell we're getting a little punchy? <laughs>
0: Oh, God. Seriously. Oh, my Lord. Anyway, so yeah, we're going to the prairie next week and uh, you'll be glad that you came and maybe you'll get a laugh or two or, you know. Yeah,
1: away from the Cecil Hotel, you'll hop into our covered wagon and away we will go. And
0: away we go. So that'll be next Monday, like we are every Monday right here with God knows what. <laughs> There's something on the schedule, but God knows what else. It's, you just have to show up <laughs> on hygienespodcast.com and on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and on Patreon.com forward slash Feminine Podcast. If you'd like to, uh, you know, be an athletic supporter, <laughs> <laughs> be a supporter of the arts, of the farts, um, then there's where you can find us. God, I, oh, oh somebody turn God. this microphone off. <laughs>
1: No, I just want you to keep going. God, we're almost in an hour anyway. Jesus. Good God. All so, right, anyway. guys. Well, with that, hold on to your teats. Love another indoor sports. XOXO. Bye. Bye.